Well, good morning. It's good to, to be here with you all. And for those of you that were here first service, I apologize that uh, you're going to get to hear the same service a second time, but I guess that's uh, maybe you're used to that. I started out the first service saying I didn't know many people from Troy Christian Church. Well, I know a few more now since I went to Sunday school and got to, to meet some fine people. So, But but the reality is I don't, I don't really know your church. I don't know this church very well. But but let me tell you something I do know. Uh, a few years ago, uh, at, at Central, we reached out to, uh, to to pick and and to this church and ask if they could help us. I was leading a group, uh, have for the last four or five years led a group uh, on a mission trip to Mexico, and we needed to borrow vans. So I reached out and, and and I really appreciate the fact. That I think it was two years in a row, if not three, this church let us borrow your church van, and I appreciated the 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 sentiment and the heart that that Jared uh, shared that with me that. The reality was, and the attitude of this church was that it really wasn't your van; it was God's van. And uh, and if it needed to be used for for ministry and kingdom work, then then praise the Lord, it was. So the the reality is that tells me a little bit about uh, a little bit about this church, and tells me about the heart of this church and, s- and some of the things I need to know. Uh, I don't know if you realize this or not. I, I'm starting to just getting to, to know a few of you. I don't know if you realize this or not. But this church has some amazing people in it. And, and what knits, what knits you together, what draws you together, the common thread that pulls you together is that you love Jesus and you love the Lord and you have a heart and a desire to serve Him. That love demonstrates itself in different ways through different gifts, with different passions, but it's obviously a love that permeates this church and don't don't miss that fact don't lose that fact see see this church has people in it like uh like barb goss uh barb for for many years i understand is, is the lady that sent out the reminder cards if you're supposed to serve the next week she sends those cards out she serves on the mission board she visits the nursing homes and 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 uh, touches people that have a need there it's people like chad winder who has a a heart for people who a while back cared so much about a, an old friend who was in the hospital, in fact in bad shape in the hospital, that that he went and shared what God had done. Are you the one? That what what God had done uh in his life and and accepted Christ and he's part of this fellowship today. Well what a blessing. Or or people like Larry and Sharon Hanley, uh who've served together in the alms ministry, who have a heart for hurting people. A heart for people that 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 are, are are needy in this church, and not just the church, but also this community, or or people like Dana Clary, who leads the the Jam Group, or Joy Davies, who works behind the scenes to make sure all the supplies are are kept up to date, or Sharon Whitmore and Peg Euler, who who quietly spend hours ministering to the ladies across the street in the the jail, or so many more who serve in. Uh, in Kicks group on Wednesday nights, or help out with youth group, or serve as volunteers in VBS or missions, or take food. I mentioned that take food to hurting families who are struggling in the church and in the community. Here, here's the point. Here's why I bring that up. T- today, you walked into the uh, into your church. You walked into the sanctuary. You came into this fellowship. And let's just be honest. Let's just speak the truth here today. You're hurting a little bit. I mean, your pastor's left, and 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 that's that leaves you with some sense of uh, some sense of uncertainty. The, there's the question: Where's God going to lead us? Where Where's this church go next? What's 
the direction, what's going to be our purpose, who's God going to bring to us, all those questions. But here's the reality. This church is full of people who love Jesus. This church is full of people who have a heart for God. And so when you leave today, when you walk out the doors of this this church, look at one another and and say to yourselves, this this is my church. And, And maybe more importantly than that, say this is God's church. This is God's church, and we're going to be fine. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua. We're going to be in chapter 1 of Joshua. We're going to bounce around uh, uh, through the first nine verses of Joshua 1. And keep your Bible kind of open because we're going to ba- go back and forth to, to Deuteronomy a couple times. Um, so, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua 1. I'm going to start out by reading just the first four vo- verses. Today's sermon is going to have two simple points. So if you want to keep notes, I'll give you the first main two main points. Uh, God has uh, a, a promise and God has a plan for us. There's a promise and there's a plan. Let's look at the promise. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will expand from the desert uh, to Lebanon from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. What, what, get, what God is saying here at the very start of this passage as he's talking to Joshua is simply this. The promise of the promised land is still a promise. See, Israel had been holding on to that promise the, their entire, entire history of their nation. When God gave that promise to Abraham generations before that your descendants are going to be so, so many you can't even count, count them. They're going to be like the sand of the sea or the stars of the, the night. I'm going to give you a promised land. They had been looking forward to that promise. Even when they thought that promise was gone when they were slaves in Egypt, they'd been holding on to that promise. Now the only leader they knew, Moses, was gone. He had just died. And God reminded him that the promise of this promised land is still, it's still promised. Church, let me, uh, uh, let me make an application there for you. God's promises to you are still His promises. God's promises are still His promises. So, so here's a promise. Look at verse, verse, uh, five. It's one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. No one will be able to stand. Now God here is speaking to Joshua. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your your life. Now this is key. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. It was no small thing that Moses was gone. It it, it wasn't a small thing that that he he had passed away, that God had taken him home. Moses had led uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. He had led them out of captivity. He had led them out of slavery. He had led them out of bondage. He had led them out of national humiliation, out of national powerlessness. Moses and his leadership was all they knew. Now catch this. If you don't, don't believe that's so true, look back in the very last verse of Deuteronomy, chapter 34, verse 12. This is what it says there. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or perform the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. That's where we are today when we start out in Joshua chapter 1. I mean, no one's been like Moses. No one's done the mighty deeds. No one's been like him. It's gone. 
No pressure, Joshua. You're stepping into these shoes. There's no pressure on you at all. Moses had done all this great stuff, these awesome deeds, these mighty works. No one had led or shown them God like he had. And then God says to Joshua, as I was with Moses. God's with Moses, so I'll be with you. What, what made Moses great? What gave him power to do awesome deeds? Was it not God? And so God says to Joshua, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. What he really is saying there is this, catch this. What he's really saying there is, I'm still here. He's saying, Joshua, I'm still here. Moses may have, Moses may be gone. He, he's not here. But, but, but Joshua, I'm still here. What, what he's saying to Israel is, Israel, nation, I'm still here. Can, can you catch the application for Troy Christian Church today? What he's saying to Troy today is, church, I'm still here. Your pastor may have left. Your leadership may have left in that, in, in that role. But you know what, church? I, I want to let you know something. I'm still here. See, God made this promise to, to Joshua, but it was a promise that wasn't just to him. It really was to the, to, to Israel. And I think us, if you look in Deuteronomy chapter 31, if you want to stick a mark there, we're going to go back and re, revisit a couple of these verses. But let me read for you. Deuteronomy chapter 31, the first three verses. Now this is before Moses died and he's talking to Joshua and to Israel. This is what he says. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to Israel. I am now 120 years old. I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. You're not going to the promised land. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land, Joshua also will cross over ahead of you as the Lord has said. And then down in, starting with verse 6, he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. When God reappeared to Joshua and told him, Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. When he appeared to Joshua and said, Joshua, I'm still here. What do you think Joshua did? I know what he did. He reminded Israel what God had said through Moses. It had been like a month before that, but he reminded them, hey, God is still, God is still here. I'm still here. Church, I know you're facing some, uh, you're facing some uncertainty. Uh, maybe there's some hurt. There's questions. There's doubts. There's confusion. But don't be confused about this. God says to you through his word today, I'm still here. I'm still here. That's the, that's the promise. Let's look at the plan. He has a plan for Joshua, and I think it's a plan that we can follow as well. Look with me uh, in verses 6 through 9. Now catch this phrase he starts off with. He's going to repeat it three times. Be strong and courageous. We saw that also in Deuteronomy from, from Moses. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from the right to or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night 
so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or discouraged. For the Lord your God be with you for wherever you go. Here is, here is the plan. This is what he's saying. And we're going to look at three things. I'm still here, so be a... Now, if you're at first service, stay quiet here. I'm still here, so be a... Now, look at verse 6. I, I, want, I want someone to answer what you think the, the next word's going to be. I'm still here, so be a... This is what verse 6 says. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. What do you think it should be? I'm still here, so be a... You're just like first service. Everyone just sat there. I'm, I'm still here, so let me read verse 6 again. God's talking to Joshua, so what do you think he's saying to Joshua? Be strong and courageous because I will lead, uh, you will lead these people. So what do you think? I'm still here, so be a wrong. Okay. Woo. I'm glad you got that answer, but, uh, but actually you're kind of right. Cause really he is calling God, uh, calling Joshua to lead. So thank you for boldly saying that. Uh, he is calling him to lead. He is saying, hey, you're going to lead them across the, the Jordan. You're going to lead them in the promised land. You're going to lead them into battles. True, the, 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 that, that is true. He did do that. But actually what he's calling him to do is to be a follower. He, he's, he's saying, Joshua, I'm still here, so be a follower. See, a godly leader must learn to follow. Here, here's the reality. A godly church must be a follower. A godly man or woman must be a follower. Um, if you will, jump back with me there to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Let's, uh, let's look at just a couple verses uh, there in chapter 31. L- look at verse 3, first of all. Remind, what it sa- uh, remind us what it says there. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. Look at verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. What God is telling Joshua, I think what God first wanted Joshua to understand and to remember and to know is, Joshua, you need to follow me. It's not your job to say, look at me, I'm going to do it. It's your job to follow me. Yeah, yeah, you're saying to the people, follow me as I follow God. But Joshua's first responsibility was to follow God. Church, as you move forward from here, your responsibility is to first of all follow God, to follow where God leads you. But here's the problem. It's tough to follow. It's tough to follow God because sometimes sometimes we're not sure where he's heading. In fact, that's where you guys are today. You're, you have no idea where God's going to lead this church. You have no idea what your future looks like. That's scary. That's tough. We'll talk about that in a minute. But God says to you, follow. I'm still here, so I'm still here, so follow, but you have to trust. Um, I mentioned four uh, that, that, that I've led a group from Central to, to Mexico on a mission trip. It was, it was about three years ago. It was our second year that we went down there. We uh, uh, On Sunday morning, we crossed the border into Juarez, Mexico, and we were going to a church kind of in the middle part of Juarez called Galeana Church of Christ in uh, Iglesia de Cristo. And, and so we uh, th- there were a couple ways I knew to get to the church, so we headed to one of the ways to get to the church. And the way that that way took you is it took you down an aqueduct. Now, literally, an aqueduct is what you think it is. 97% of the time, that aqueduct is a major road in Juarez. About 3% of the time, since it's a desert community, 3% of the time it rains and water drains into that and it drains into the Rio Grande. But most of the time, it's a major road. So as we headed and, and, and went down in the aqueduct, there was a big orange sign. 
And the orange sign, if, if, I'm, if I'm not correct, uh, or not uh, incorrect, the orange sign said, Calle no abierto. Um, first service we had someone that spoke Spanish. Anyone know what that says in my broken Spanish? Calle no abierto. Anyone? Come on, high school kids taking Spanish? Calle, road, no, no, abierto, closed. Road closed, or, or open, excuse me, open. Road not open, road closed. I, as I drove past that sign, and I don't speak Spanish very well or, or understand it, I thought that's what it said. I thought I understood, but I, I didn't want it to mean road closed. So I, I took the, myself and the four car, or three cars behind me down into this uh, aqueduct, and we, we, we headed on, and we went about a half a mile, and uh, my, my worst fears were, were, uh, uh, were given to me. Uh, it was, that's what it said, road closed. Road's not open, because the road was, and we, we had to try to get turned around, because on either side there's big old walls that go up, and one guy had to back the truck with the trade on about a quarter mile so he could get a place to get turned around. And my wife was in the seat beside me. She looked at me and said, let's, let's just not go to church. Let's, we, we could go on to where we were going to stay, which is a different part. Let's just go on out to Annapolis. I said, no, I can get there from here. And so I went to the second way I knew how to get to the church. That took you through downtown Juarez. So, so we get into downtown Juarez. We're about two blocks into the downtown part of the city. And I'll, the doggone, there went another orange sign. Uh, calle no abierto, road closed. So, so it's no big deal. And I, Rita looked at me like, I told you so. And I'm like, I know where I'm at, hun. And I'd spent a, a couple of years before that, spent about 10 days in Juarez, and I, I knew this downtown area. So, so we went right and went left again, and another road that took us right along the railroad tracks. But I knew where I was the whole time. Turned back left, and we ended up back on the road. Of course, I'm driving. One of my bad qualities is I can sometimes be prideful. So I kind of looked at Rita like, I told you, I knew where I was. So we, we go about another mile. We have to turn on another road. I, I kid you not, another sign, road closed. This time we, we exit off that road into the Beep Beep parking lot, which is a convenience store, through the, they actually have like an uh, auto parts store, through their parking lot, through an alley, down a couple back streets, and, and we finally turn in, and we end up back on the, the road that, that I need to be on. Five minutes later, we pull up to the church. I get out of the car. <sighs> ah, yeah, made it. We're here. All the other drivers get out, and their faces are a little ashen. They look a little scared. They look at me like, we had no idea where we were. We thought we were lost. You take us to Mexico, and you get us lost the first day. Now, now here's the reality. They didn't trust me a whole lot. That's what I learned first thing. Is they, they didn't trust that I knew where I was going. But, but here's, here's the deal. Maybe there's a little bit of application here. They knew that they didn't know where they were going, so they might as well follow me, because maybe I did. <laughs> Turned out I did know where I was going that time. God calls us to follow. It's not easy sometimes. Because it looks like he doesn't know where he's going. It looks like he, he's leading us in a direction that doesn't make sense. Gosh, what are you doing, God? And yet, he knows where he's going. That's what he said to Joshua. Hey, Joshua, I will go before you. I know where I'm going. You just follow me. So, so we're called... To be, Joshua was called to be a follower, and certainly we're called um, to be a follower. God says, I've been faithful. You've seen me work before, trust me. Well, God's telling you today. God says to Joshua, I'm still here, so be obedient. So be obedient. Look at uh, 
verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Follow what I've given you. He tells him to stay focused. Don't look to the left or to the right. Remember, remember the story of, of Peter walking on the water, Jesus walking on the water, and he called out to Peter to step out of the boat. And Peter, uh, without thinking, jumps out of the boat, and lo and behold, he's walking on the water. Only person besides Jesus to ever walk on water. Man, that was cool. That, that had to be a wonderful, wonderful sensation to walk on water. But then Scripture says, Peter looked over and he saw the waves and he looked over and he saw the wind blowing the white caps on top of the waves and he began to sink like a rock. He, he began to go down. Jesus had to save him because he took his eyes, he took his eyes off Jesus. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Church, now's the time when you're called to be obedient, to stay focused on Jesus. Don't focus on your problems. Every church has them. Don't, don't focus on problems. Don't focus on the process. And, and, and don't focus on other people. Focus on Jesus. Put your eyes on him and God will lead you. We, we, we need to stay fervent. Verse 8, the start of verse 8 says, uh, Do not let the book of law depart from your mouth. Stay fervent in your study of scripture and your eyes on him. And stay faithful. In this time of transition, in this time of uncertainty, stay faithful. Stay faithful to the church. Stay faithful to your Bible studies. Stay faithful to your service opportunities. Stay faithful to Him. And finally, one last thing. He says, I'm still here, so be brave. Look at verse 9. And, and now he changes it up just a, just a hair. Look what he says in verse 9. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? And notice what he says. Notice the obvious thing. He said, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. I, I, I love the fact that, that God spoke uh, to Joshua. He, he addresses the elephant in the room for Joshua. Joshua had seen how difficult Israel had been to deal with. I mean, at every turn they were given Moses, uh, given Moses fits. They, they, they were hard. They were hard-headed. They were obstinate. And really what God is saying to Joshua is, when you get scared, Joshua, because you're going to get terrified sometimes. Joshua, when you get discouraged, because discouragement is coming, Joshua, when you're terrified, when you're discouraged, be brave. Be brave. It, it, it would happen to Joshua. It would happen to Israel. And Troy, Christian, it will happen to us. As a church, there's going to be times that you're terrified, that you're discouraged. God, what's going on here? There's going to be times in your personal life and your walk with the Lord that you're terrified, that you're discouraged. See, life happens. Maybe it's a phone call from the doctor that says, hey, the, the, the tests have come back. Can you stop in my office? We need to talk. Or maybe your boss says, can you step in my office? We need to talk about some things. Maybe, maybe a, your school calls and says, hey, we just caught your child doing, uh, or maybe it's relationship struggles, or, or who knows what it is. Life happens, and there's times that we get terrified, that we get discouraged, and we're called to remember that God's still there to be brave. See, see what happens with fear, what happens when we get scared is that it causes us to freeze. I, I love the song that we sang earlier. It says, I'm no longer a slave 
to sin, or I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. What a wonderful verse that was. What a neat song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Since we belong to God, we have to put away fear. God is telling Joshua, he's already talking about it at the very start. Joshua, there's going to come times that you're going to be terrified and discouraged. Don't give in to fear because fear causes you to freeze. I have stuff for you to do. You can't be paralyzed with fear. My oldest son is uh, uh, is 35 years old. When he was about a year and a half old to, uh, to two years old, uh, 18 months to two years old, uh, we were in the living room. My wife was sitting on the couch. I was sitting in a chair. And our son Brian was playing on the floor. And he had a piece of hard candy in his mouth. Now, before you judge us that we let him have hard candy, we didn't know any better back then. It was, it was okay. But parents, don't let your kids have that, by the way. Uh, but he had a piece of hard candy, and he began to choke on it. Now, I don't mean choke like, you know, coughing and, and, you know, sputtering a little bit. I mean choking as in eyes bugging out and face turning blue and obviously in distress. I mean, his airway was, was shut off because of this piece of candy. I would love to tell you that this is how I responded. I would love to say this is what I did. I, I, I jumped up from my chair. I ran over to my son Brian, swooped him up in my arms smacked him on the back, dislodging that piece of hard candy, uh, held him up like this is my son, like Lion King, and, and wrapped my arms around him, I saved you, son, and he looked at me like, way to go, Dad, maybe gave me a high five. I would love to say that's what happened. Let me show you what happened. Brian's choking. I see it. My wife Rita sees it. He's in this, It's obvious. He's in, this, is, this is what I do. So I'm, I'm sitting in my chair. I see it. This is what I do. Nothing. My son's dying. My my oldest child is literally literally could have could have died, and I froze. Luckily, God gave me a wife that didn't. She jumped up, grabbed him, smacked him on the back, dislodged the candy. Now she didn't hold him up. My, you know, this is what she did. She put he started crying. She put him, you know, on her arm. She turned to me. I don't remember what she said, and probably if I did, I, I couldn't repeat it on a Sunday morning. But something about how useless I was as a father and stormed off in the other room. All the while, I'm still sitting there staring, frozen in fear. Fear can cause us, oops, fear can cause us to freeze. God God didn't want Israel to stay put. Joshua could have said, man, this, man, this is scary leading the people. Let's just stay here for a while and, and let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's form, form some committees and let's, uh, let, let's send a few more people over to kind of check out the promise. No. God didn't want them to freeze. He wanted them to be brave. See, fear can cause us to flee. Israel had a history of fleeing. Every time something went wrong, they turned and ran from God. Uh, Moses led them out of the, the promised land. They're up against the Red Sea. They see Pharaoh's army coming, and they're like, oh, God, you, God sent us out here to die in the desert. Uh, they, 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 they're delivered from that. Then they get in the desert, and they don't have food. Oh, we're, we're going to die out here in the desert. We don't have food. Moses goes up on Mount Sinai. He's delayed on the mountain, and they, they, they build a false... I mean, every time they had an opportunity, they... They gave in to fear, and they fleed God. 
But God called Israel to move. Look at verse 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River. They, they would never see the parting of the Jordan River unless they, they went. See, the reality is this generation hadn't seen the Red Sea. They had all, except for Joshua and Caleb, they had all died in the desert because of their, uh, so their parents and grandparents had all died in the desert. This generation didn't see the Red Sea. And, and so they were going to get to see the waters parted for themselves. But it wasn't going to happen unless they went. They weren't, they weren't going to get to see marching around the walls of Jericho six times and seven times, blowing some trumpets and, and the walls come down. God give them, they would never see that if they didn't cross the river if they didn't go. They would never see victory after victory after victory. They would never, they would never take hold of the promised land until they went where God was leading them. Now, let me tell you something. I have no idea where God's leading Troy Christian Church. I have no idea what your future looks like. I wish the Lord had spoke to me and said, this is what's going to happen in a few months, and that he didn't. I have no idea where God's leading you. But this I do know. God's leading you somewhere. And, and as a church, we can, we can sit back and we can freeze in fear. And we can maybe turn and even run away from God. But, but I know what God's called us to do. It's what he called Israel to do. He called Israel to go. And God has called you to go. I'm, I'm excited to hear six months from now or, or, or a year from now or 18 months from now. I'm excited to hear what God has done in this church in that period of time when you simply were, were obedient to him and continued to go even when you didn't know where you're going. You continue to follow even though you didn't know where God was leading you. See, here's, here's the promise. Here's the promise that God's making to you today. I'm still here. Would you bow in prayer with me? Father, what a blessing it is to know that we do not walk alone, that you're right here beside us. This church may not know what the future holds, but you do. They, they may not know what challenges are ahead, but you do. They may not know the victories that lay just down the path, but you do. Father, I pray, I pray that this church can simply rest in the assurance of your word that you're still here. You're leading, you're directing, you're loving, you're guiding. Father, thank you that you're still here. In Jesus' name, amen.